All righty, welcome to another edition here of Beyond Eight Figures. Steve Olsher hanging out with the lovely Mary Goulet. Hello, Hello Mary Goulet. Richie Ote, what's your baby What's happening? What's happening? White Wade's holding it down in the studio. Kelly's got under control back at headquarters. And here on Beyond Eight Figures, we do sit down with entrepreneurs who have either exited for more than $10 million or currently run businesses that gross more than $10 million and get to the bottom of exactly how they started and scaled and in some cases exited from that business and uh, super excited to have our guest today join us Mr. Mr. Jonathan Kronstad. Uh, I man I gotta tell you it's funny I came across Kajabi I, I want to say at least five years ago Jonathan how long have you guys how long have you guys have been op- uh, open for business right now? We are actually celebrating our eighth official year, yeah. nine if you count all the development before we launched. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane, man. So, I, uh, so I've been in this game for a little while, and um, we're kind of echoing back and forth there, but hopefully we'll, we'll figure that out. Maybe just put earbuds in or something there. But the, um, but the first time I think I heard of what you guys were doing was, of course, through uh, somebody who was using it and somebody who I'd love to get to the bottom of exactly, you know, what the relationship is there. But I think Brendan Burchard, that's so actually, funny. that's what I heard. That's right. I yeah, mean, I think Brendan Expertise Academy. Yeah. Something like that. First, uh, first said, Hey, you know, this is, this is a platform that you want to check out, but let's, let's do this first. If you've listened to the show, you know, we'd like to get this out of the way early here, Jonathan, which is how, how do you meet the criteria then for, beyond eight figures are, are you guys grossing more than 10 have you exited from a business uh for more than 10 where where do you land oh i actually assumed we didn't need to meet any qualifications it was just based <laughs> on you know based on hope and my word and where we're hoping to go no yeah. it's uh kajabi's now uh we're fourth time back-to-back showing on the inc 5000 um you know we're well north of that uh, eight-figure mark in annual revenue. And what's even more exciting is in our tenure, we've actually helped our base of customers sell over $700 million worth of their products via the platform. Yeah, that's awesome. So for those who are unfamiliar with Kajabi, which, by the way, folks, is K-A-J-A-B-I, so Kajabi, and uh, we'll go into some more details about uh, you know how to figure out exactly what they're doing and get their best mm, offer right now because it's a platform you guys need to, to be on. Uh, let me just make sure that we're clear on this. So what, what exactly does Kajabi do? Great question. So if I were to answer it in the most, uh, I guess I would call it encapsulated fashion, we're an online business platform. We're equipping entrepreneurs, mostly in the knowledge space, to be able to provide and monetize immersive digital experiences in a variety of niches. Some you are very familiar with and others you can't even imagine have turned into digital products as well as helping entrepreneurs, uh, as of recently, market physical products through, uh, I guess I would call it more marketing-forward processes mm-hmm. and utilizing uh, you know, different fulfillment backends. So online business platform, we really believe that we equip you better for success online than any other choice. Yeah, go ahead, Richie. I was just going to ask, I heard you say you're starting to do something with the physical products. Did I hear that right? or? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to dive in a little bit on that. So we, for, you know, the eight years of the company, we really have always followed the rule of, you know, you stick with the girl that brought you to the dance. And for us, that has always been this idea of a membership site, you know, premium digital content offered in either course, membership, continuity, coaching, however it comes packaged, that's really where we've stayed. And what's been interesting is based on our growth, we've now seen use cases popping up that we originally hadn't anticipated. And um, some of the individuals on the platform are now utilizing it as a uh, more marketing forward and easily designed landing and sales page solution to sell physical products while utilizing Shopify and logistics backend for fulfillment. So it's something that we're, uh, it's very much in its infancy. We've actually helped some very large scale influencers uh, execute on the strategy and we're going to be refining it and rolling that out to be available to our entire user base over the next few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So let's, let's just get uh, a handle on this. So you've, you've, made it to the ink list now four years in a row take us through uh just uh customer growth if you will in terms of the metrics where what, what have you seen in terms of users now over the past you know three four five years as you can look back on uh when this thing kind of hockey sticked for you 
Sure. So for us, it's a combination of both, I think, us getting very clear on who we serve and how, combined with some amazing trend lines for the industry and for your listeners that are considering looking at this as either a additional revenue source for them or a sole revenue source for their business, the industry has just exploded. Uh, if you go back to eight years ago when Kajabi was founded, the industry was primarily driven by uh, a select group of people all selling digital courses, typically priced at $2,000. And that was really where everybody got familiar with, I'm selling information online. Today, we have individuals offering every size of course from a price range, every consumption level of course from uh, magnum opus masterclass all the way down to monthly, weekly subscriptions, all the way down to just communities of like-minded individuals being facilitated and every iteration in between. So for us, the hockey stick growth really came into play when we launched New Kajabi in 2015. So it has just celebrated its third anniversary. And uh, for us, the object lesson there was we had a position where good was kind of becoming the enemy of great, that Kajabi Classic was a platform that largely paved the way for this idea of having an all-in-one platform allowing you to sell your information online. But at the time, it was really not incorporating all of the other elements necessary to build a knowledge-based business. So great membership platform, great experience for the user consuming the content, but everybody was still utilizing an external email autoresponder, an external uh, page builder, template library, an external website. You were still needing to cobble together lots and lots of things to make marketing happen. And Kenny's vision for the platform has always been that we're really the only friend you need. Now, we're still the friend that plays nicely with all the other friends you'd like to bring to the party. But we wanted to have a platform that could offer all of the things necessary to market and sell your information as well as deliver it. So the team actually went back into the lab. Kajabi Classic continued to deliver its courses, and they reimagined everything onto a platform that now gives us the flexibility to be able to add all kinds of modules and functions that we would not have been able to add previously, like email, like mm -hmm. marketing automation, um, you know, even events architecture for different types of webinar funnels and you know, everything that a knowledge entrepreneur would want, we now are able to have. And that really marked the inflection point of our hockey stick. Yeah. And how many active users are there now? We're right around 14,000. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Take us back then through the embryonic stages because there's a lot of folks out there who have really good ideas and just can't quite get the traction that you guys have been able to get with this, right? So on one hand, I mean, it's a, it's a level playing field, right? I mean, we all have access to the Internet. We can all put things out and, and hope to gain traction out there. And on the other hand, because it's a level playing field, it's really hard to be found. So it's kind of that double-edged sword. I, I want you to go all the way back, though, to the embryonic stages of this thing. So it's you, Kenny Travis, uh, sitting down. And by the way, that's Kenny and Travis, right? I mean, there's three of you guys. Uh, so actually going all the way back, all if the way you want back. to go all the way back to the beginning, it started out as Kenny, Travis, and Andy Jenkins. That was the original three in Kajabi. Uh, about a year into Kajabi, they actually bought out Andy Jenkins. And oh, can I, can I vote why? Can, can, I, can, I, can I vote why? <laughs> Is it, are, we, are we taking a, a poll here? Um, we're, all, we're all very good friends, and uh, okay, Andy good. has done amazing, <laughs> amazing things. Uh, you know, have a tremendous amount of respect for Andy. He's a dear friend of mine, yeah. uh, as well as Kenny and Travis's. And then, um, approximately, uh, you know, nine or so months ago, uh, Travis was really feeling a desire to work on some other projects, and so they, uh, Kenny and Travis, got together, and they felt it best that you know Kenny would buy out Travis. So. Now it's actually just Kenny and I. I joined the company approximately two and a half or so years ago, but I've uh, been friends with everybody in the equation for uh, the entirety of the organization and have actually gotten a chance to engage with the organization a couple of times before officially joining two and a half years ago. I got you. And, uh, and I thought you guys were doing really well and on a really great path there. Uh, and then you brought in Kevin Richards, and then I realized you're, you're pretty much done with the business. So I think this is, uh, is this the swan song now? Is that the, is that the plan? No, no. Actually, even uh, even more so energized about what we're doing. You know, Kevin Richards is our chief revenue officer. Kevin's also been longtime friend, literally was at the Kajabi office for the one-year anniversary of the platform. And mm -hmm. we've always uh, enjoyed a great relationship. He's uh, been the guy behind some of the most impactful brands in the space, and we were thrilled to be able to uh, meet him at an inflection point where he was – 
uh, you know, had exited his last position, was deciding what he wanted to do next. We said, you know, you should give us a look. And so now it's really something where the renewed sense of enthusiasm based on the trend lines in the industry, the development team we have, we've just moved into a new 17,000 square foot space. So the name of the game is more growth, not less, more effort, not less. And we couldn't be more excited than doubling down on what we're doing and really creating more and more success for our user base. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm obviously planning. I know Kevin and Krista well. I mean, they're great, great folk there. So let, let me ask you this, man, as you, as you look back and based on what you know then about the, the infancy, if you will, of the business, and I recognize that some of this you may not be 100% privy to just because there's so much that goes on. No, I, I can walk you through the vast majority of it up okay. to including the fact that in their embryonic stage, they actually fired me as a consultant because they needed to reallocate resources. So the joke that we have uh, going around the office is I was uh, introduced by um, a mutual friend. They were about a year, like, slightly less than a year old at the time. And I came in to help with marketing. I was going to work on, on, on some marketing funnels for them. I was a consultant at the time. And uh, they actually, four or so months in, had to fire me. They just said, hey, we're a small company. Right now we need to allocate our resources a little bit differently. We'd you know, like to see more of the development side growth. And I said, great, let's stay friends. And then uh, a few years after that, I had you know had some fun projects and they came back to me and said, hey, you know, we really uh, love what you've done with, you know, I was at Glazer Kennedy at the time and said, really great things. Dan Kennedy's first online product launches, you know, we'd like you to come back to Kajabi and do that for us. I was there about two months when I actually got a call from a very good friend of mine, Roland Frazier, uh, third partner at Ryan Roland Perry of Digital yeah, Marketer, yeah. all of their brands. Yeah. Roland said, hey, um, you know, really would like you to consider coming on board here and, and, and leading Digital Marketer. And uh, I was like, hey, Kenny, you know, my turn. Uh, I'm going to take this because, boy, I'm excited about that. And then uh, re reconvened years later and two and a half years ago said, all right, third time's a charm. And here we are. Mm -hmm. But if you go back to that first phase where they actually let me go and needed to reallocate those resources, you're looking at a team of at the time probably six or so people in their initial office in Old Town Tustin. And really it was um, – I think the, the lesson from the embryonic stage was twofold. Number one, it was scratching their own itch that, you know, if you go back to the founding story of how Kajabi came to be, it started out as answering the question of Kenny designing a sprinkler toy and wanting a side hustle because he at the time was, you know, a developer for a company doing very, very well. It wasn't like it was, this is his only thing. It was more, I want to start this on the side, you know, made a sprinkler for the neighborhood kids. They all loved it. Parents wanted to buy them why don't I start a company on that? Well, I don't know that I want to get into PVC and manufacturing and shipping and logistics. I know what I'll do. I'll just put together a downloadable list of all the materials and instructional videos on how to build it. And I'll sell that as a developer going around, looking at all the platforms that were available, even as a developer, he couldn't figure out how to do it elegantly between serving up the content, membership access, payment processing, all of the pieces necessary. Mm -hmm. So he's like, there's gotta be a better way. And lo and behold, that gave birth to Kajabi. So the learning is certainly scratching your own itch is normally a very good indicator to begin the process of validating what a business model should be, who the eventual people would be that you would serve. The other learning that I think Kajabi has really modeled since its embryonic stage is a relentless commitment to the customer base and the customer's needs. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, especially individuals that love to say online marketing doesn't work. You know, I tried that whole course game. It doesn't work. Normally I liken their approach more to gambling than I do to business that it's sort of treated as if I walked up to the, you know, craps table, put it all on the pass line and just hoped for the best. What Kajabi has always had is a relentless commitment to continuing to be in conversation with their customers, understanding what their needs are and iterating based on those needs mm -hmm. where I see a lot of entrepreneurs kind of get sucked into this. Well, if I just have a landing page and some Facebook ads, I'm going to win. But if you're not solving a need and if you're not in conversation with your customers and really exploring psychologically what their desired state is from their current state, you're not going to create the type of success that Kajabi has enjoyed because really all you're doing at that point is you're just gambling. Mm -hmm. What was the strategy in the beginning was it mostly referral? I mean, almost to Steve's point with us both hearing it at Brennan's 
uh, event. Like, because a lot of people don't even realize that was part of Shopify's reason for success. They basically, developers could get people on Shopify and charge you half for developing your website because they were giving them $1,700 or whatever it was. So it's interesting that you bring that up. The way that Kenny describes it is it's the strategy idea of marketing to the front row. So what really built Kajabi in its early sta earliest stages was a con couple of conversations had at events with leaders in the space of what are your pain points and what could fix them. And as those pain points kind of began to give shape to what would be Kajabi, that platform was then made available to those industry leaders to launch their products and essentially powered a year's worth of massive, massive launches with the Powered by Kajabi logo in the bottom right. Mm. Then all of a sudden, when Kajabi was ready for, let's call it consumer application, all of a sudden it was easy to say, hey, you remember this, 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 and this? We were the platform behind it, and now we'd like to make that available to you. Mm -hmm. So. That really is how it began. I think referral is a great term for it, but I would say it was more of an affinity perspective because we had individuals that their pain points were addressed by the platform, utilizing the platform, and a market that was familiar with what at least the consumer experience was on the platform. It made it very, very easy to get things launched. Mm -hmm. So as you go way back then, again, out of, the, out of the gates here, I mean, six employees is not you know, that's not a small endeavor. Was it, was there capital uh, that was raised? Was this internally financed? Six, six employees was when I came into the picture, which was about at the one year mark. If you go all the way back, 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 it began as Kenny, Travis, and Andy having conversations. And employee number one was actually our current CTO, uh, Brendan Murphy. So it started with one, really. Okay. And so did the original... Trio, did they self-fund this, or were outside dollars brought Correct. in to build the platform? No. Kajabi's been bootstrapped and profitable since day one. Um, the year of development and everything leading up to the public launch was a heck of a lot of late nights of development between uh, Brendan and Kenny being the primary uh, technical founders, uh, co-founders anyway. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. so it was a lot of uh, sweat equity at the outset. And, uh, you know, Travis's... Uh, I guess his focus in that in that season was more of the design elements because he's a graphic designer by trade. So if you think about it, all of the sweat equity from all of them who all at the time still had day jobs. And then once Kajabi launched to the public, you know, had thousands of, uh, of customers brought in by that product launch and it grew from there. Mm -hmm. And then did so, you, and, and I would venture to guess you took the, the capital as it, as it came in and you reinvested and reinvested and reinvested. Has there been have there been any dividends paid out to ownership at this point, or is it all still being reinvested into the company? We're doubling down on growth at every turn. Um, mm -hmm. You know, looking at going from even our most recent change from a sixty-two hundred square foot office into a seventeen thousand square foot space with our own little uh, boot camp customer area, where we just did our first inaugural uh, implementation weekend with thirty-five people on site. Yeah. Uh, the name of the game is continued reinvestment in the platform and its capabilities in the customer community and our ability to serve them uh, in continued massive team expansion. Um, you know, for, for any of your listeners that are in Southern California that have skill sets that a company like ours would love to have, we are always hiring talent. So Sweet. it's, uh, you know, a, a continued, continued doubling down on the growth. Yeah. Well, I'm in San Diego. My resume is on the way. Um, so <laughs> the commute right? might be a little bit tough, but yeah. man, San Diego, if there's, only, if there's one place outside of Orange County, I want to be San Diego stunning. Right. So 14,000 users, uh, you have, I'm sure some of those folks that are grandfathered in, uh, but on average you've got people paying, uh, what about a hundred bucks a month. I know current, the current program is 129 a month. Is that correct? So, uh, very close. If you had asked me that prior to December, you would have been correct. We actually uh, reevaluated our plans, pricing, kind of what the needs of the marketplace are, and we actually did our first pricing plan change ever. Now, keep in mind, any pricing plan change at Kajabi, one of our core values is whatever plan you have, you get to keep. Um, that's another, uh, another element I think would probably be helpful for your listeners if I talked about our founders group and our founders program and how that works, because mm -hmm. it probably is one of the most unique and amazing strategies that Kajabi has deployed when we launched a new Kajabi. So I'll go back to that. But um, so our plans right now are at 149, 199 and 399. Mm. And uh, so that's going to be 
our current pricing, but yes, uh, going back now to the Founders Program, one of the things that was very, very exciting is when we launched New Kajabi, there was this idea of a Founders Plan. And the Founders Plan was meant to be something that, quite frankly, people had the opportunity to get into the platform. Remember, this is New Kajabi. Get into the platform at a time that it was not shiny, it was not perfect in the way that it was today. And it was a group of individuals that we basically said, look, if you want to be a part of New Kajabi and its release and be part of something that, quite frankly, you're going to go on this adventure with us, you're going to be the first group that we're getting feedback from, you're going to be the first group that helps us iterate and grow this platform – we're going to give you the opportunity to lock in a price that is utterly unheard of. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at that founders group, when they joined, they were able to get an annual account to Kajabi at a founders account level of $997 a year. Mm. That account today, based on current pricing, would actually cost you almost 10 times that annually mm. just for the same plan level. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't include all of the exclusive founders benefits, which has included super cool branded Kajabi merchandise mailed to you, early access to all of our newest features, uh, unique access to our events and essentially VIP treatment. But it's something that for all of you that are considering launching a business, and maybe you're, you're wondering, okay, how do I fund this business? without taking on outside capital, how do I get my, you know, a thousand true customers to use, uh, you know, one of the more popular essays that are out there, which by the way, if you haven't read it, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. But how do I get my core tribe and be able to launch a business that right now I don't have the funding to build it the way I want? This type of idea of getting a group of people together that you know you can deliver on and explain to them the timeline on which you'll deliver for them and giving them the opportunity to lock in pricing or benefits that they will never be able to get any better ever. I mean, we literally have never offered anything remotely close to what the founders have. Mm -hmm. It's really cool strategy to have an amazing group of people that kind of band together and are excited to be on the journey with you. They're some of our coolest Kajabi users, and I love getting to interact with them. And that was all created out of this idea of a founder's account. Yeah. No, it's a it's a great idea. Just kind of a beta launch, so to speak, or something of that nature. But you know, I, I'm trying to remember as I, I think I signed up with you guys back in God, I don't even know. It was a long time ago, and um, and it, and it was interesting because as you guys continued to grow, I was on whatever plan it was that it then I, I kind of felt like it was redundant, you know, because I had. Click funnels and and lead pages and Infusionsoft and all of these things and it's just sort of like, do I need all of this? And I think your your goal today more so than it was I think when when I stepped aside as a Kajabi customer, certainly willing to to re-explore it, especially if I can you know I mean you've got stage slots still available at Impact right? I mean I think that's uh, <laughs> I think we were talking about that before. Uh, and thanks for the invitation, by the way, to speak about how to monetize and leverage the power of podcasting, because I'd be more than happy to do that for you at some point here. But um, but the point being, you know, I love I love the assumptive close. I got to at least give you credit. Thank you for that. Uh, so but the, the question then is really, how do you avoid getting thrown into the bucket there and the redundancies? And when people say, oh, you know, we can do click funnels or we can do this or that. Like, how do you avoid getting into that conversation or is there or is there truth in that conversation? So the way that I would describe our response to that question, which we get often, is really, number one, all of the platforms you mentioned are pretty awesome platforms uh, in each of their lanes that they specialize in. They all offer something that's pretty cool. Our belief is and always has been whatever platform you use is going to be the right platform for your business. And our job at Kajabi is to make sure that we are the platform that you love to use the most. So if you look at us versus an Infusionsoft, for example, Infusionsoft kind of suffers from this unbelievable overwhelm where you'll meet people in the industry that have had Infusionsoft accounts for years and have never used them, or even worse, they're using uh, what really is a 747 plane of automations, and they're using it like a Cessna to send out email broadcasts occasionally. Mm -hmm. So that's a company that I think really, going all the way back to when Dan Kennedy wrote their first sales letter, popularized this idea of marketing automation, but they then moved to an area where they had spent so much time and energy creating every available automation imaginable, they found themselves waking up to an environment where all of a sudden there's just not uh, 
not a lot of people using it because it's so complex that it's not consumable. So for us, we've built marketing automation into Kajabi, but we've tried to build it in a very purposeful manner that you're going to use it, that we want to really give you the uh, maximum effectiveness with minimum brain damage of trying to deploy a marketing automation campaign. If you look at ClickFunnels or uh, lead pages or any of those, those are also going to be great platforms that have mm -hmm. really unique benefits. I mean, gosh, looking at what Russell's done for the industry, holy cow, it's amazing. And it's certainly something where in those areas, I think you're going to find that they do some things differently than we do, but that really where we would shine is at our core competency, which is going to be that mm -hmm. membership experience, that immersive digital opportunity to interact with your customers, to equip them with superpowers via impactful courses and downloads and all of those elements, mm -hmm. along with the payment processing and everything that goes with that. That's going to be something where that's really our core competency. Um, you know, Russell's got some amazing stuff at ClickFunnels uh, before Clay left lead pages. They were doing some pretty amazing things as well. So great platforms. But really, for me, whenever I get to talk about all these platforms, I not only get to say they're great because we're friends with everybody that, you know, owns them, but also it's so cool to see the industry growing and maturing to a level that when I started in this industry, having one platform was really all maybe two that the industry could support. And yet here you look at it today and you look at the proliferation of all of these iterations of tools that are designed to remove the barrier of technology to succeeding online. Mm -hmm. And all of them are growing. All of them are doing great. All of them are doing cool things. That's really, really awesome for all of you that are considering it as an industry because it shows you just how much the opportunity has grown yeah. to be able to play a part of it. So I would say for us, we love focusing on our core competency of the membership site, the product delivery. We also love focusing on the support elements. We're one of the few companies that offers 24-7 chat support on our growth level plan. We've got email support 24-7. We really have uh, an extremely active and very well-moderated Facebook group of our users. Our customer community and the resources available to equip you for success, that's an area that I believe that we've gone further than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So I was going to ask you, uh, first off, thanks for edifying all those other people. That's very p politically correct and awesome of you. <laughs> um, but what do, what do you guys think as far as when you're, as you're adding these things, how much of it are you thinking about lock-in? Kind of like to Steve's point, there's a lot of redundancy in a lot of these things. And so a lot of these new platforms are trying to be all-inclusive. And is some of that kind of to get, you know, after you get the network effect, then you have lock-in where people just, almost like your Founders Club thing, people almost don't want to leave because then they would have to use all those other platforms. Like, So so lock-in is something that I think is, is an interesting term. Um, I would certainly say that we never in any area of developing our application have ever thought, well, if we black box this or prevent access to this or prevent integration with this, people will stay because they don't want you know, to leave because they would lose everything else. That's never how we've approached it. Our, I guess I would call it, sustainable advantage that we focus on is we know and the metrics prove out that if someone experiences success, they don't leave. That they their business is growing, they're succeeding, and 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 by the way, I don't mean success that you you made a million dollars and you're living on the beach. Success can be measured as I actually got a page live. I'm now collecting email addresses. I have some place to send people when I do Facebook lives. There's a lot of different measures of success, but for us, we always will develop from the perspective that Kajabi is the only friend you need because it does everything. But Kajabi is flexible enough that through our, you know, very robust integration with Zapier, you can connect it to anything you want. So again, we're the only friend you need, but we'll play nicely with whatever other friends you want to keep. And that's really because from a standpoint of, again, core value of customer success, forcing someone to give up that email autoresponder that they've known and loved forever because they were an early Aweber subscriber and they just love Aweber so, so much – I'm not going to really help that person if I'm like, yeah, I know you want to use me for membership and product experience, but I'm not going to let you use me unless you use, you know, our email autoresponder. Mm -hmm. Like 
it's one of those things that we develop as an all-in-one because we believe that is the best possible way to reduce what we believe is the largest failure point in the industry, which is technology overwhelm. So we will always come from the opinion that if you need to spend more time updating and maintaining applications, that's time that you're not spending creating content and creating products, and that's not going to help you. That being said, if you want to use all of the products that you know, love, or comfortable with, you know, your brother works there and you've got a sweet deal or whatever it happens to be, I'm not going to tell you to surrender all of the things that are working for you as long as they're working for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask how can we improve it based on the core competencies we have. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this then. So as you're looking to grow now and you've got, you know, 14 odd thousand users, you just changed the pricing. You've, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you're kind of starting from scratch. Like every new customer that comes in, you've almost have to start it from scratch to acquire that customer and, and get them to, to stay a customer, so to speak. Right. So, so a couple of questions. Number one, what what is your 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 burn, your retention rate in terms of month over month? What what do you see in here in, in so far as retention? So what we really look for is it's going to depend wildly on plan level, on you know engagement, all of those things. Yeah. Our number one goal and what is right now our chief focus in our campaigns is going to be our 28-day challenge. It's something that we built because we realized that all of those numbers, regardless of plan level really improve on the engagement side of the application. So we went back into the lab and created an email coaching program that essentially doubles your trial. We do have a 14-day trial available. And out of that 14-day trial, we then double it to 28 days with the goal being to take you from, I have never experienced anything in this industry to, I'm going to learn how to create my product, develop an email list, and offer that product for sale in 28 days. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it, it, again, it all comes down to engagement that if people are using and getting value out of the application, that's all that matters. So all of our resources are going to be marshaled to those metrics as well as the community elements, really spending a significant amount of time on our support. Our customer facing interactions has been hugely important and has uh, paid a lot of dividends as well as our Facebook group being something that is actively moderated. You know, we're not we don't have a Facebook group that's just out there for every marketer du jour to yeah. come in and lead gen and strip mine and sell coaching and anything like that. You know, we really do a, a very significant amount of work to make sure that everywhere you look at Kajabi, whether it's our Facebook group, our knowledge base, our support team, we're all aligned with one goal being your success. And so, that's where we're skewing all the metrics. I, I get that. So, I mean, are we looking at a 1% burn or, or like 3% or just in, in general, I'm just trying to get a sense of where you guys are in, in terms of turnover. It's going to be, all over the map, depending on plan level. But mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to be, uh, you're, I mean, you're, you're in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. So as you, cause with this new pricing, I mean, again, you're, you're ostensibly starting from scratch because every time you acquire a new customer, you've got to go through the process of marketing. You've got to go through the process of trial. You've got to go through the whole process of just getting them to become comfortable with the platform and, and stay with that platform. So, so a couple of questions and number one, as you as you look at that process, and, and again, thinking about it from the standpoint of almost starting with a blank slate, I, I understand the whole community thing and the 28-day challenge thing and so on, but what specific tactics are you leveraging then to acquire customers that others can leverage to potentially acquire customers for for their new idea? And do you know what the cost is to you for acquiring a new customer at this juncture? Got it. So we are, uh, and by the way, happy to come back for a later episode when I've got a lot more data on it because <laughs> no we just have not had our new plans long enough to yeah, uh, for sure. you know, give you anything actionable on that side. But I can tell you on the acquisition side what has worked well for us, and that is really approaching it from two different perspectives. Um, perspective number one is approaching the, let's call it um, self-evident needs of individuals mm-hmm. in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be the campaigns, the uh, pieces of information, free downloads, in, let's call it the engagement elements of the campaign that are designed to answer the, I have a specific need right now that I am aware of. And so whether that be I'm waking up and I want to have a digital course platform that I control, maybe I'm on Udemy or maybe I'm on Skillshare and I'm tired of having somebody else tell me what my course should cost. I want to find a place to host it myself. Or maybe I'm an influencer who, you know, has some views that one of the platforms I'm on, Patreon, for example, doesn't agree with, and they've booted me off. I'm now looking for a new home. Um, All of the top of mind campaigns, those are going to be very specific 
needs-based campaigns. So if you have a product that addresses a need in the marketplace that the marketplace is aware they have that requires no education, no, you know, nothing further, you can have very direct campaigns that solve those needs. Mm -hmm. Those are the questions your customers are already asking. You just need to make sure that you're showing up in the right way with a compelling message. Mm -hmm. The other side of it is, I guess I would call it a little bit more art, and that's going to be really finding the segments of the market that are not yet aware they have those needs, but if given the opportunity to engage, they very quickly realize they have those needs. Mm -hmm. So these are going to be individuals that might be thinking, you know, I do want an online business. I would like a location-independent way of generating income. Uh, I'm retiring I mean, like and I have – I don't – sorry to cut you off here, but I mean like we're a perfect example. I mean obviously we're going through this. We're talking about online marketing. We're talking about everything that we're doing here. So I mean like for us to then turn around and say, hey, go to beyond8figures.com slash Kajabi and you know, get a, a, take on that 28-day challenge and be like, – like we'd be a perfect partner for you I mean, as, as an example. So maybe that's – that uh, that whole affiliate side of the equation is something that people can can leverage. I mean, part of what we do, and by the way, we've got an event, our own event called the New Media Summit, right? I don't know if you're familiar with that one or not, but we bring in 40 top podcasters and we give 150 attendees. I'm, the I'm guessing. Uh, I'm guessing my invitation and in, in speaker slot got lost in the mail. Is uh, that what you're telling me? No, I think the sponsorship PDF actually got somehow <laughs> thrown into spam. But uh, but that's yes, but yes, for sure. We're, actually, we're doing one in September in San Diego. You should definitely chat about that. Um, but like we take our, our icon maker people, our, the, the people who go into our year-long program, through the whole process of creating a funnel, of launching their podcast, and we actually fly them down to our Tampa studio, and they create their course in a day. We call it Flash Course, right? So like they've got to house it. Oh, very cool. Yeah, course so, in a day. Man, that is rock on. That's, right? a, that's a bold, bold promise to deliver on, and I'm sure you guys kill it, but that is so cool. Well, there's pre and post, obviously, that goes into that, but yeah, I mean, sure. so that's all part of it, but we have to house it somewhere, right? So, like, for us, we would be natural partners with you guys all day long. Is is that part of the So the you future? would actually, based on what you just shared, you'd fit into both categories, so let's attack it from the need category and the desire category. The need category would be We've got these people coming in to create their course in a day. Where are they going to put it? How are they going to sell it? So that's a, a, a need-based category. The desire-based category would be, we're doing awesome. We've got a killer podcast. What are we doing to monetize it? What are we doing to build in other ancillary profit sources for the business? Mm -hmm. But you can see how both of those, one of them requiring very little education, it's, you know, I need a hammer because I got a lot of nails. Yeah. The other one is, I don't know that I need a hammer, but clearly I've got a desire to build something and, oh, I do need a hammer. So it's a little bit of a different process in both, but approaching both of those campaigns is really something that I think helps give a much more holistic approach to the marketing. It allows you to appeal to two very different customer demographics, mm -hmm. which is a great way to go about it. And also one of them from a, a building perspective that for your listeners, the needs-based ones are much more immediate. It's, you know, I have a need, I need to fill it. Can you help me? That's a very quick sales process that allows you to have those activation funnels spinning much more quickly. But that needs-based market will, unless you're in a huge market or you have very small goals, that needs-based market will eventually tap out. Mm -hmm. That you're not going to be in a position where you can only address the needs. Mm -hmm. So that farming approach of the desire-based marketing is going to be something that as your needs-based marketing campaigns begin to mature – the desire-based marketing campaigns are hopefully catching up and are yeah. a lot more flexible in how you can go. Yeah, no, it's super smart. Richie, I know you got a question here. Let's just jump in one second, but I want to make sure we don't gloss over it. Do you know what your cost per customer acquisition is? for? Where, where, where does that land in this moment? So it depends, again, on, on the funnel, and I don't have it on our new pricing. Yeah, but how about the old pricing? For us, we're always looking at a 30-day recapture return on ad spend. Mm -hmm. So if somebody, just so I'm clear, so I mean, if somebody's investing in the, in the old plan, 129 bucks to to sign on, and obviously it's a recurring revenue type situation, you're willing to spend 129 bucks or more to acquire that customer? Correct. And yeah. this is also something for, for everybody out there that's listening, uh, applying it at a more macro level. In the software as a service business at large, you will find companies that are funded, you know, they've got just piles and piles of money that they've got to burn. 
the number that they're hoping for normally is a 12-month return on CAC, which is short for customer acquisition cost. So in other words, if uh, your 12 months of revenue is $1,200 and you're acquiring customers for $1,100, they're going to be excited. Wow. Now, you'll find that a lot of the ways that we approach things are going to be very different because we're not a funded company. We're a bootstrap company. We like to build in ways that are sustainable and profitable. One of the you know reasons for us that we are now celebrating eight years is because we've always tried to build with the long-term being the focus, that we don't ever want to choose between marketing the right way and being able to continue to develop and improve the platform versus marketing in a way that you know is not sustainable. So the industry standard for CAC in SaaS would be 12 months. We really focus on something that's much more, uh, I guess I would call it laser pointed than that. So, yeah, I was going to ask, uh, let's go back to your needs and desires that you were talking about and, and we'll feed Steve's ego and his needs and desire for a second here. So no, 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 this is, this is, it's actually funny. You'll get, and it's, it's an important question too. So say Steve himself wanted to get rid of all his other platforms and wanted to move all of his stuff into Kajabi. Do you have a good way to do that? I'm sure there's people out there that are, man, I'm tired of paying all these different checks. If you really can do all these things, like what does that onboarding process look like for those type people? So great question. We actually have a couple of different ways to do that. So you've got, let's go at the earliest stage. So I have four platforms. I want to cut my monthly overhead and make it easier. And I want to move to one. That's something that you could easily handle with our knowledge-based documentation. Our support team can help walk you through all of the things that you would want to migrate in, importing your list, all of those type of things. That's going to be easy. If you're at a different stage, we also have a services division where we actually have our team that can do the work with you or can do the work for you. So with you is going to really look more like we're going to screen share. We're going to be there to walk you through all of these elements with the goal of teaching you how to be totally self-sufficient. So done with you with the purpose of by the end of that transition, you're already dialed in and moving on. Then the done for you element is I've got a team here. They know what they're doing. I just want you guys to take this, take that, put it here, make it look this way. And we'll say, great, it'll probably take us this many hours. Here's how to do it. What, so what's we're going to have cost for that. Uh, our average cost on the hourly rate is going to be $150 per hour, uh, depending on the size and scope of the package. Sometimes that you know can be brought down in the economies of scale side of things. But it's certainly going to be we've got the do-it-yourself path, the done-with-you path, and the done-for-you path. Mm-hmm. Nice, man. So, Richie, anything on the follow-up? Or are you good? No, I was just going to yeah. say, if you were to guess, knowing someone about where Steve's at, how many hours would that take? I quite frankly think, um, you know, depending on what Steve's goals are, you could probably handle it all yourself because mm-hmm. primarily it's just going to be migrating an email autoresponder in there and then uh, re-uploading and, you know, granting access in bulk to whoever's got access to whatever video products they already have. Yeah, and it, and it is interesting, right, because I'm, I'm one of these poster children, if you will, for I, I need a, a technology reinvention, so to speak, right, because, like, I have Infusionsoft. I've got ClickFunnels. I've got lead pages. We've got Thinkific. Like we got all this three websites. I mean, like we got all this stuff, right? And let's not even talk about Liquor.com. By the way, Jay Cron, we should have a conversation about Jay Cron and some of that excess cash you guys are kicking out because that's a whole other conversation. Um, well, and what you also find is yes, Kenny, Kevin, and myself, we are big fans of Liquor.com of, uh, of Libation. Oh, so, I Jesus! Mean, uh, yeah, I've, yeah. I all mean, right. dude, you look at my bio. I mean, I literally have in there a freezer full of fabulous vodka. I mean, it's like. You know, right up there with here's my accomplishments and here's what I'm really into. All right, we'll we'll have that side conversation for sure, man. But you know, it, so it is interesting. I, I've often given thought to, and maybe there are some some folks who feel the way that I feel in terms of having been online now for a long time. I mean, I've, I've actually been online since 1993, for God's sakes, when we launched on CompuServe's Electronic Mall. But that's a whole other conversation. But the point <laughs> I did being, have a CompuServe email address. Yeah, I, man. I do remember that. So, but part of what I've been given thought to is, Jiminy, maybe I just feel like I should scrap it all and just start from scratch, you know, because we've got all these tags, we've got all these campaigns, we've got like all this stuff going on, and it's not nearly as effective as I think it could be. If somebody were just starting out, I mean, it, it sounds like just based on the way that you work with people and your understanding of the online space today, 
it sounds like what you guys are doing there now, especially with new Kajabi and the new plans and, and so on and so forth. And I know you've got uh, – what, what do you call those things that are already pre-written? You've got the um, – not funnels. Pipeline. You call them pipeline. That's mm-hmm. what it is, pipeline. Um, and with the mm-hmm. pipelines and so forth, I mean, you guys are clearly – you've got your finger on the pulse of what yeah, people us, need today it, to thrive. And, and even to your point, you are a great example of someone who you reach a point after you've been in the industry a while, you just end up collecting platforms. And you have your data living in all kinds of different places and all kinds of different ways. And the way that we sort of look at it, and, and again, it's much more of a, a core values perspective because, you know, you can ask a room full of all smart marketers that are successful and you will get a different answer every time. Mm-hmm. We come from the standpoint that we believe tech overwhelm is the number one killer of success in the industry. Um, I can't tell you how many times I run into someone that's like in our Facebook group or meet me at an event. And it's like, you know, I thought about using Kajabi, but I wanted to split test this landing page with 37 multivariants using a Taguchi methodology. And when it couldn't do that, I, I was out. And I'm like, well, you know, I know what all of those words mean too, but how many, you know, products have you sold online? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I've, I, I haven't, I haven't sold one yet. I'm still working on that page. It's like, well, yeah, cause you got to build 37 pages and then figure out how to get traffic to it and everything yeah. else. I'm like, dude, just do a Facebook live, get an email list going, get to know your market. Because if you really think about it, and this is where, and I'm getting on my soapbox a bit here, but where I believe our industry as a whole has done such a massive disservice to the people that are in it is they continue to train you that you're one tech complication away from succeeding. When in reality, if your messaging is right, the tech is almost irrelevant. Like you look at Agora, you know, the billion and a half dollar a year publishing behemoth. Mm -hmm. Every page they have is ugly. Every font they have is ugly. Mm -hmm. Any designer would literally have a seizure looking at one of their sales letters. Mm -hmm. Shit, look at Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. It's, 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 It's like everyone is so caught up with, oh, well, you know, I didn't take my product live because I really wanted fuchsia. And the closest you guys could get on the button color is pink. Mm. And it's like. No, like that's not what this business is about. That's not what the success is about. It's about getting someone from their before state to their desired state, which with as little headache as possible. And if you nail the messaging and you understand your market, all of that stuff falls by the wayside. So for us, we really try to, for lack of a better way of putting it, we focus on the fundamentals that we believe actually drive success. We try to get people out of what we call playing business, which is I've you know redone my page 14 times, but I still haven't launched it. Or I've rewritten that email 32 times, but I've never sent it. Yeah. We try to get you out of that playing business, get you into that doing business. And for all of the people that are on your show right now thinking about launching a business, I'll give you the difference between playing business and doing business, whether you're talking digital or not. If you're telling me that you're going to Office Max to buy file folders and organizer tabs and the right gel ink pens, and you got three types of pens to make sure you pick the right one, you're playing business. If you're organizing your desk, you're playing business. If you're making sales calls and you're interacting with your audience to find out what their needs are, that's doing business. That's where the magic happens. And so for us, we try to remove the technology playing business aspect as much as possible. Yeah, points well taken. So, you know, this conversation obviously could go on for days and days, and we've got so much that we could cover here, especially just as we look at the the evolution like, of like liquor.com, like mm-hmm. but especially as we look at the evolution of the online marketplace. And it, it is interesting, too, because at the same token, like you said, you know, you look at all these different platforms that are thriving. Well, that's because all we have to do is look at all the streets in the country, in the world, for that matter, that are thriving with retail businesses. You know, there is no right place or wrong place. There is an opportunity everywhere and everyone who is looking to do business today needs to be online, right? So there's no reason why myriad platforms can't exist simultaneously and all of them find really phenomenal success. So to that end, what's the angle here, Jake Ron? I mean, are are we looking to exit out of this thing? We don't have any plans. We literally right now, I mean, it's funny because you find out, and, and I'm a huge South Park fan, Huge South Park fan. And Mm. so there's a South Park episode where the boys decide to start a tech startup. (laughs) And it basically, their plan is start up, scale up, sell out, bro down. And it's a (laughs) four-step business plan. And they start going around. I mean, it is is an amazing episode. episode. But it's literally like this idea that, again, I think is, is a lot of times wrong with the way technology is done where 
it's not about did you make a product customers want. It's about can you sell someone with money to take a gamble on you. Mm. And so it's really for us something where we in the industry, we look at this like, wow, it's getting so mature. Look at all the platforms that are on it. But if you, you know, you're on CompuServe in 93, domains have been around a long, long time. So have websites. But yet it wasn't until Squarespace and Wix actually found a market that they could talk to about websites. And now a website is self-evident. It's no longer a, you know, desire. It's a need. And here we are in 2016 and people are like, you know, I've, that website thing, I really, I should get one of those. Yeah. You know, honey, call up Wix. Let's get a website. And it's like in our industry, we're like, what do you mean, dude? We had websites in mid-90s. What the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. So we look at our marketplace, and right now it's like, to us, it's like, well, yeah, of course you should have some type of immersive digital experience. You know, if you're selling physical widgets, why would you not have amazing videos and a user community that are interacting about them? If you're selling digital products and transformation via courses or coaching, why would you not want that in the great platform available you would we're thinking that the general public still has no idea you look at peter diamandis's rising billions of the three sure. to five billion that are coming online broadband internet for the first time so everywhere we look every trend line we look at the the rise of the influencers and the proliferation of, of celebrity going from broadcast personalities down to anybody with an iphone and a good message we see nothing but opportunity in this industry and we have no goal other than continuing to build the best possible platform, equipping the maximum amount of success for the maximum amount of people. Mm -hmm. That hasn't changed since day one. Yeah, and I know you guys said you're you're doubling down on everything and uh, and putting it all back. Yeah, dude, you gotta come see the new office. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, the invitation accepted. We'll uh, be happy to jump up that way. I mean, you're just up the road here, man. So, any final thoughts for the entrepreneur looking to uh, either start uh, or scale or potentially exit their business? Yeah, absolutely. If you're considering starting, start. If you've already started, scale. And if you're scaling, <laughs> hold on, build the systems the right way. But bottom line, whatever the next step is for you, just take it. It's never going to be perfect. You're never going to know more than you do now. You're never going to be better equipped than you are now. So if whatever is stopping you is technology, we'd love to help. If something else is stopping you, find somebody that can help. But regardless, just get moving. This yeah. is a great podcast that you're listening to right now that has all of the information and all of the insights of people that have already scaled to a level that most people aren't even looking to get to. So maybe your goal is not beyond eight figures. Maybe it's beyond seven or maybe it's beyond six. But the good news is with each level that you look at, it becomes eminently more attainable. So whatever your goals are, get started on them. There's plenty of great platforms to help. Kajabi is certainly one that would love to help you if you're looking at selling your knowledge online. Yeah. And Go get it. Yeah, no, great advice. And uh, I figure between now and whenever this uh, this actually airs, which uh, should be a couple of weeks from now, uh, we'll get this figured out, which is if you go to beyond8figures.com slash, you want me to do Kajabi or new Kajabi on the slash there? Which, uh, Just Kajabi. We are, we are now only Kajabi. We finally go. got our domain back. All right, sweet. So go to beyond8figures.com forward slash Kajabi, K-A-J-A-B-I, and go on and take uh, Jay Cron up on that offer to do the 28-day challenge, the 28-day free trial there, and, uh, and and jump into this online world. It, it literally has everything that you need. I didn't, you know, I'm not trying to make this into a 60-minute commercial for Kajabi, but uh, you know, just the story of, of where you guys started and, and where you're at now needed to be told, and I'm glad you were able to tell it to all of our folks here on Beyond Day Figures, and we'll figure out other ways to play. So Jonathan really do appreciate you. you well, almost a full hour here with us, man. So thank you for doing that. And, uh, and we will be in touch. Big. Thank you, Steve, Mary, Richard. Awesome time getting to spend with you today and, uh, really looking forward to doing more together, hearing more about liquor.com of course. And, uh, hopefully anybody that does listen to this episode goes out and takes the next step. All right, my friend. Cool. All right. We'll talk to you really soon, Jonathan. And, uh, and, and again, you can get all the information on Kajabi and setting up your entire online business there beyond eight figures.com forward slash Kajabi K A J A B I. You know, I ran the numbers on this. So even at their old uh, numbers, we only got about 30 seconds left here, but even on their old numbers at 14,000 users at a uh, users at a hundred odd plus, I mean, it's a $21 million run rate. So they're doing something right over there and something that we could all learn from. But I love the conversation around just, you know, talking to customers. How about that for an idea? Oh, yeah. Well, an attrition rate that low or at least in the ballpark. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. They're going to be doing just yeah. fine. <laughs> it's going to be dropping to the bottom line here pretty quickly. All right, my friends. Well, we have a lot of really awesome guests coming up here very soon on Beyond Eight Figures. And, of course, encourage you to tune in and join us. So for Mary Goulet and Richie Otay-White-White and Kelly Poker, I'm Steve Olsher. Talk to you next time here on Beyond Eight Figures. Take care, everybody.